We are live after NXT 2.0. It is Alfred Kunawa joined by our returning champion, NYC Demon Diva herself, Issa, here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast after NXT. Issa, how you doing, girl? I'm good. I just want to make sure that everybody understands that Glenn is too busy um, torturing Ron Breaker to make the show tonight, but he will be back. <laughs> yes, he is. Glenn had to orchestrate a very, very elaborate attack with ghouls, and that's why he's not with us today. So we'll get the inside scoop next week, but uh, Glenn yeah. will not be with us. Or this Friday. As soon as it's Friday, he'll tell us uh, the whole juicy details. It should be a lot of fun. Can't wait. <laughs> Well, we've got a lot of news uh, today, a lot of news coming through the pipeline, starting with the brand split. There's been a lot of speculation that WWE is ending the brand split. They have seemingly merged the WWE Universal titles. They're going to merge the tag team titles at WrestleMania Backlash. But according to Dave Meltzer of Wrestling Observer Radio, there are no plans as of right now to end the brand split. Issa, do you think it's time to end the brand split? And what do you think about this uh, new development? I don't think that brand split will ever end as long as the shows are being shown in two separate networks that have nothing to do with each other. But I do think that this could put a solution into the whole, this network wants this champion and this other network is upset about this when you have like your top star going back and forth between the two shows. And I do think the tag team division desperately needed for them to be like, you know, unified. So I, I don't have a problem with, with a couple of champions going back and forth. It, it works for the women's tag teams. So why not? Yeah, even if they're not ending the brand split, I always thought that this was a better way to do it. This is how they would do the brand split early on when they first started doing this concept is the world champion would go back and forth and then they figured that they needed to kind of split it up. But that does water down the title. Um, you saw this WrestleMania season. I think they just realized, listen, none of the secondary champions were on WrestleMania. They both got beat. Uh, the titles really didn't seem like they mean a lot because there were so many titles around. So I think this is the way to go, whether they're ending the brand split or not. I like the idea of the champions being able to travel. I even like, I even think there's too many titles between uh, the main roster and NXT because I would like the idea yeah. of the women's tag team. I, we've talked about this before. The women's tag team champions or even the men's tag team champions can travel to all three brands. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah, I agree with you. I do think there's a lot of titles and then maybe we can finally like find something to do with the US and I see title and that can be your network, if, you know, person. Maybe the, those titles can stay put in one specific network. It just doesn't seem like they have any plans for that right now. And uh, they're not going to have any more plans for Kushida. Very sad news, ladies and gentlemen. Kushida is no more in WWE and NXT. He is expected to go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, where he was actually a mega star. He was a very big star in New Japan. Uh, came to NXT, uh, not nearly as big a star, I didn't think. But how would you grade Kushida's run in WWE slash NXT? Uh, uh, what is, what's the rating scale, Alfred? <laughs> On a scale of 1980 to 1989, 1989 being the biggest. 1979. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, they weren't they weren't utilizing to the star power that he was not, especially towards the end. And I know you, I know we like jacket time or whatever, but I don't think that was the right place for him to be. And if he can go somewhere else where he can be treated better and maybe have a little more creative control, let him go. Yeah, I liked the idea of Jacket Time, just like I like the idea of um, uh, Ikemon Jiro. I think uh, Ikemon Jiro is talented and whatnot. I did not like what they did together. I did not like how they were booked. I thought it was a joke. We all remember that unfortunate segment where they took a poop on uh, NXT yep. TakeOver or one of those uh, live specials. And it just, 
really that was the embodiment of how they booked both of these guys in NXT. Horrible. So I it was think, horrible. Yeah, it was, it was not horrible. good. And if you're familiar with Kushida in New Japan and how you know he came off, this is essentially if you're just gonna put like an American, it's like if Cody came to WWE and was put in a tag team with you know Dolph Ziggler and they had to mesh their game imagine oh my yeah. god no no even but yeah I, I think a lot of these people like and now right now it's proven although he's a little bit older but right now it's proven that maybe they can go elsewhere and come back and get a better position that they were in before i think cody is really a trailblazer for stars that left their you know coming back on this era because i do think drew mcintyre was able to kind of accomplish something similar to it so you never know if they'll be back or not never say never right undertaker yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, he'll never say never. All that it's not I don't think the Undertaker's retired. I think WWE retired him, but if they ever need to break that glass case, the Undertaker is gonna come out of retirement. In case of an emergency, like yeah. like open the urn or something and he just like manifests onto a match at WrestleMania. Yeah. Like we saw some Druids tonight. I'm just putting that out there. We saw some Druids tonight. So the Undertaker can't I was, I was waiting for Edge and, and freaking Damian Priest to show up on <laughs> NXT too with all the spooky stuff that was going on. <laughs> Really, so let's get to a quick super chat. Uh, kind of reminded me of his entrance, how it was all dark. Steve Marcacilli, front of the show for $4.99. He said, with WWE references on his social media, do you think Karrion Cross could be thinking of a WWE return someday, Issa? Uh, possibly. He's somebody that was well-positioned in NXT. The main roster run was questionable, to say the least. But he hasn't really gone on to officially sign with anyone else. We've seen him do a couple of a couple of appearances, but when it goes to his actual appearance, he looks like a movie star right now. I guarantee you they would love to have him back in WWE, so maybe. Yeah, I like how he's kind of uh, reinvented himself outside of WWE now that he's gone. I don't think he should ever go anywhere near there. I just thought it was just the way he was booked was so horrible. I, I, I'd be surprised if he didn't have PTSD in terms of how bad he was like him in, uh, You didn't like him in NXT, though? I love him in NXT. I Me just too. think that it ended so violently that I don't know why he would go back. I wouldn't trust them to do anything positive with me. And the goal always was to go to the main roster. That's what everybody always talked about when they saw him in NXT. Like, oh, man, wait till we see this entrance on a big stage. Wait till we see Karrion Cross and Randy Orton. And it just violently flamed out, and I have no reason to believe that they would come to their senses and book him well, unless he made, like to your point earlier, unless he made himself a bigger star outside of WWE. Right. It's funny that you mentioned PTSD because we know they have impact wrestling PTSD. Scarlett has been very open about how they will never go back there. So maybe they feel the same way about WWE. But I haven't I haven't seen um, these social media references that he was speaking about. So I'm going to have to go and creep around Twitter when we get done here. Yeah, we'll have to check that out. I know there's another Super Chat. We'll get to that once we get into the show because it's more about the women's division. But we do have a couple of more news items to pick up, including AEW Battle of the Bots. I mean, Battle of the Belts to viewership and ratings down 25% in total viewership from last year's Battle of the Belts, 527,000, also down 33% in 18 to 49. So as expected, even though those fast nationals didn't come out, Nielsen's got problems or something like that? That's from what, what I've happened, been Alfred? I thought yeah. the, street, the streets were supposed to send you these numbers. You cannot blame this on me. These fast nationals are coming out. 
We're still down, way down. And this is to be expected because they're going head-to-head with the NBA playoffs, um, namely the Warriors, who are a huge draw. And uh, on Saturday night, they had to go against that game one. So, uh, fast, uh, you know, these numbers are down. Uh, any, any cause for concern? Because it looks like over the next month, yeah. AEW is going to have some tough sledding, and that's just par for the course. I don't see any cause for concerns from anyone. I went over the numbers earlier on my own stream, subscribe to my channel, she plugged, and everybody saw a decline in the number. It wasn't just Battle of the Bells. It was also SmackDown. It was also yeah. Raw. It was obviously Rampage put in at different times, so, so I don't even count it. So with the NBA playoffs, especially with football coming back, Soon you're going to be seeing, you know, you're, they're going to have to start going with their competition. WrestleMania is the high point, and it showed they did some great, everybody did some great numbers, and now back to normal. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll have to wait until it's not, and it's also the NHL playoffs, which might preempt them. I know they, and it was, it was, it was a mediocre show, to say the least. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. It felt like an episode of Rampage. I watched it, and I was like, ah, that was a, kind of like a waste of my time. It was almost background noise for me watching it. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing you saw the card and the main event wasn't, you know, I, I guess it was um you know Nyla Rose um versus Thunder Rosa, which you know they didn't do much to build it up. I thought they did actually a terrible job building this match up. And then the rest of the card the match, the match was actually it wasn't a bad match. It was yeah. just the, the field I was so non-invested into it that it was almost like just let Thunder Rosa get her first title defense so we can move on from this horrible story. Maybe if we were a little more invested and they would have done the field differently, then the main event would have meant more. But to me I really just wanted to get this field over with because I thought it was bad. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. And shout out to Scorpio Sky, who AEW just completely ruined, did nothing with, and they beat him. He became the first no. person, you want to talk about history? He became the first person in the history of AEW to lose in his first TNT title defense ever. Shame on AEW. I thought, I thought about you. I thought about you when it happened, and I almost was going to text you, but then I remember you mentioned that you couldn't cover the show because you were busy, and I was like, maybe he's not watching him. I'm not going to ruin his Saturday night at Applebee's with the Cougars. Oh. We'll talk. We'll talk about the Scorpio Sky thing later. <laughs> I appreciate that, Isa. But my phone was blown up with spoilers in terms of what happened, and and you will be yeah. hearing to me on Pro Wrestling Bits coming this week about Scorpio Sky. Should be a fun night. Um, finally, it looks like uh, some fun news. Some actually very positive news in terms of WWE in India. I've been hearing for years about WWE trying to break into India. We all remember the run with Jinder Mahal, which I feel like could have been something, but it was very rushed. Uh, but that was a play for India. And uh, this time around, it looks like WrestleMania 38 was a big draw in India, drawing a massive 56.1 million live viewers in India. That is up uh, 34% from 2021. So for WrestleMania Saturday and then 33% from uh, WrestleMania Sunday. So very good numbers. And it's attributed, to, uh, of course, Raw after Mania was a debut of Veer. That did very well in India. Um, and then you see what's happening in AEW, where they're trying to get their big giant going in Satnam Singh, um, although they did botch that. But I uh, do think that AEW is seeing the potential in India, just like WWE is. And uh, what do you make of the story, Isa? I think WrestleMania did good numbers all around. I mean, I'm happy to hear that they're breaking into that market. I know that a lot of big companies are trying to break into that numbers just because it's such a high amount population and viewership for anybody. But I think overall, WrestleMania did very well when you look at all their social media stats that they're putting out there. It seemed like they got a lot of attention you know, com- compared to other years. And I thought WrestleMania delivered. So if, if it was a time to break into a market, I think they gave out a product that will keep them, you know, hanging out. And we are coming, obviously. That's something that everybody wants to see. <laughs> so yeah. over and over again. Yeah, he I'll came again just... yesterday. It was great. Yeah, he's just this guy's an animal. He just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> nobody can keep up with him. No. 
Maya Lee for $4.99. Uh, NXT was lit tonight, babe. Nikita walked up on Natty like, what's good? And one thing NXT is going to do is build a women's division. Roxy going to be a star. So we'll get into that. I thought NXT well, was something well. that rhymed with lit. Uh, but parts of it were good. I, I thought parts of NXT were fairly entertaining, including the idea of Nikita Lyons versus Natalia. So we'll, we'll get into that. I like the idea of it. And we'll get into the segment when we get into it. I thought there was part of that segment that didn't make any sense conversation-wise, but we'll talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. And then John Jordan for $10. Wow, $10. Raj often knows wow. WWE mailing it in creatively in the months after Mania. I think Raw after Mania falling short for years now is a huge factor. Other than the pandemic, why dial back? This year, especially. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I was there live. I thought that the raw after many, I didn't feel all that phoned in. And then when I went back and watched some of the reviews and some of the recaps, you know, from from some of us, from some of us, I was like, oh wow, I guess it was really bad. The energy in the building is always so much different, you know, because everybody's still so hyped from WrestleMania. But I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know why they don't give that importance. They did the same thing with the go-home shows. Now they added these, WrestleMania, these matches that should be on WrestleMania to that SmackDown. So even the go-home show doesn't feel like a go-home. So I, I'm not too sure why they tend to do that. I do miss the Raw after Mania meaning something. And I do think people are started to see it as meaningless because a lot of the people that were in town for WrestleMania left Monday morning. They didn't even care to stay for Raw. And I was like, how do you come to Mania and not stay for Raw? To me, that's part of the tradition, right? Yeah. But a lot of people are saying they haven't given us a good Raw after Mania in years. Why stay? And I, and I understand. Yeah, and that's a bad trend. I think it's a big mistake for WWE yeah. to mail in the Raw after Mania. This is your biggest audience of the year. It happened again to where over 2 million people watched. And if they make a habit, like you said, of Raw after Mania not being a big deal, not only will people not show up to the building, people will stop watching. And then you're not going to have that big platform to bring out a return, to run a new storyline or angle. This is really a Raw that- Especially with the numbers the that Mania did. They keep putting yeah. out there all these social media impressions that, that, that WrestleMania had. So it's like you really have the attention of people that are not watching every week deliver on the product to follow up at least for a couple of weeks and then phone it in it does feel phoned in like wrestlemania backlash is just rematches yeah and i, I was so let down by this raw after mania because i was looking at all this potential not only veer but then you know you have bailey out there still you have oscar out there still you're looking at maybe some potential huge returns none of that really happened it was just the paint by the numbers raw I love what I love the most about the Raw after Mania was that we got KO versus Cody Rhodes. And then I realized, oh, it's a dark match. Like nobody at home even got to watch that. So what did they really give them? They gave us something to sit there and stay in the building for, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So they really need to get that heated back up because Raw after Mania used to be like almost like a holiday. It was my favorite Raw of the year, but the past yeah. several years, I feel. And I've been in the building live for Raw after Mania. It's really great energy. You know, you've got all, the fans really want to give their all to that, like, it's like a pay-per-view, but WWE. You know, you, and with you bringing that up, it actually gives me a flashback of being there for the Raw after Mania 32, where you had the Enzo and Cass debut. Oh, yeah. You had AJ Styles winning the number one contender. Like that Raw felt like such a big deal. Also, the debut of uh, oh my god, the Epico and Primo with their whole Puerto yes. Rico timeshare. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, that was obviously an iconic moment. But regardless, now that I the, now that I compare that raw after Minya to this raw same building, same city, complete different show. Period. Yeah, that's unfortunate. So, um, yeah, let's just let's get that raw after Minya heated up. Let's get the, let's get the rock on raw after Minya next year. Can let's give that? us some blue shoe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, speaking of rock hard, huh? 
<laughs> we go into NXT. We have uh, very chaotic, very TNA-esque in terms of how this show opened. A lot of segments throughout this show, too. I was so lost. I was so lost. I swear to you, I like, I look and these tag teams are all brawling and I give Roman a treat. I look back and you have Braun Breaker and, and I'm like, what is going on? Like two, literally two seconds ago, there was tag teams fighting and now like it felt very all over the place for the first like five minutes. Yeah, yeah, very much so. But really quick, uh, possibly developing story. Dylan Matthews, friend of the show, says Oscar tweeted here six hours ago. So maybe she's being cryptic. Who knows what there is a song about? called Here. Oh my God. I don't know who the girl that sings it is, but I absolutely love that song. Oh, Maybe she was listening to it. I hope not. I hope she means that she's here in WWE. You know, we, we've been, we've we've gone too long without Oscar. She was she saved WWE during the pandemic, and this is the mother effing thing she gets. I know. So the chaotic opener. So it starts off with pretty deadly celebrating their tag team when Grizzled Young Vets come out of the woodwork to say that the only reason they won was because they weren't in this. Uh, tag team gauntlet, Legado del Fantasma, big brawl. Afterwards, out comes Braun Breaker and uh, Joe Gacy, who we saw way too much of tonight. We see his face <laughs> everywhere. And this sets the tone for what was a very ominous episode filled with Joe Gacy. What did you think about this opening segment? I decided that I want to start cosplaying pretty deadly just because I just love their fit so much and every time they come out they're wearing something I would actually wear so I'm like you know what I think I'm gonna start cosplaying these guys um I like them a lot I hope they don't ruin them because I am really for I'm not from, I don't watch NXT UK so for a team that you just came at me and, and threw them at me out of nowhere in a situation where it felt fortunate because of the behind the scenes with what happened with this you know tag titles I'm very, very high on them. So I love that they opened the show. They closed last week. Let's, let's give us a continuation. You lost me with the Grizzly Young veterans going out because they said it. you weren't involved in the story. What are you doing? Like, like I was expecting to see the Creed brothers, maybe some of the people that were involved in the gauntlet match, not these guys. Um, and then after, it just felt very all over the place. And, and we'll talk more and more about it. But this 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 Joe Gacy feud is not doing anything for Brown Baker, in my opinion. Absolute death. Oh, it's doing something for Brown Breaker. It's ruining <laughs> yeah, him. Ruining him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll get into oh that. It's ridiculous. Before we do. Just, yeah, no, yeah. go ahead. No, I was just going to say, he's just the least spooky person that you could have, like, booked into this. Like, like Brown Breaker is just like an old school wrestler that just wants to kick ass and just putting him in the story just feels so freaking odd. Absolutely. When we talk about uh, ruining Braun Breaker, don't ruin your credit, okay? Because Wrestling Inc. is partnered with Conrad Thompson. Pay your house off faster. <laughs> we'll save you thousands. We are partnering with Conrad Thompson and First Family Mortgage to help you cut five, seven, even ten years off your loan. You don't need Mr. Perfect's credit score or money out of pocket to do it. Get started with SaveWithWink.com. Here are some more details from the one, the only, the GOAT, Tony Schiavone. Tony Schiavone. Hello, wrestling fans. Tony Schiavone here for my good friends at First Family Mortgage and WrestlingInc.com. Maybe it's time to buy a house. Buying my house was one of the best decisions of my life. And I want to tell you, I want that for you and your family. It's a competitive market right now when it comes to buying a house. I suggest you lean on the advice of an expert. Complete the fast and easy form, and a member of Conrad's team will be in touch very soon. Our good friend at SaveWithWink.com, Isa. 
The way you transition into that makes me want to go buy a house. It was so smooth. <laughs> <There> we <go. laughs> well, I already sound houses on this podcast. <laughs> it was very smooth. Good job, Alfred. Thank you very much. Um, we get into Tiffany Stratton versus Sarai. Um, kind of surprised because they've been doing this feud where Stratton stole her emblem and offended her family. So this is going to be the big re revenge spot, possibly. Got some stiff drop kicks from Sarai, which looked great as always. But then after an elbow in the corner, Stratton just won clean in the middle. I thought this was Tiffany's best showing so far mm -hmm. in NXT, or maybe I was paying a lot of attention, but I really thought she looked great in this match. And maybe Sarai helped her. You know, it takes two to tango, but in my opinion, based on what we've seen from Tiffany Stratton, this was probably the best. Maybe it's because there's a little bit of a story behind it, but I thought in ring, this was the best she's looked so far. Yes. Uh, yeah, I thought Tiffany Stratton held her own. She looked very good in the ring, and she's really ahead of the curve. She's kind of the exception of the rule in some ways that there's a lot of green people, and she's definitely somebody who could stand to use more experience, but I think she's showed very well uh, because she's a very good athlete. I think she looks the part, and she's a good promo, and I think it's only a matter of time. But I was very surprised that she went. This show was filled with heels. You know, babyface is starting the fight and heels winning them, which is not necessarily the best booking in terms of, of pro wrestling. I thought they really hurt a lot of babyfaces on this show, especially Soraya. I was surprised that she lost so convincingly. I mean, the rumor on the streets is that NXT 2.0 is trying to appeal to a younger audience, and maybe they are trying to cater to that because the younger audience does go for the heel, but... It's the heel that's cool to root for, not just any heel, right? The, the heel that we like is the one that's the cool heel, not just because you're a bad guy, we're going to root for you. That's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So it's more of like the edgy, kind of like how the Attitude Era brought on the more realistic cool heel. But that can be disastrous to a babyface if people decide that they want to cheer for the cool heel over what's supposed to be the good guy. There's really no way out of that if you're a babyface other than to turn heel. So turn heel. Uh, yeah. I, I don't think Sarai would make a good heel. I think she's good at, uh, at what she's doing, but they, they just made this character into too much of a cartoon, which is really happening all over NXT. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing, right? Like they're giving, they're, they're focusing way too much on character at this point, honestly. Yeah. So we're going to get into all the Braun stuff. I want to, if you didn't mind, I want to get into all the stuff we saw with Braun at the end when we talk about what ended up happening, but we'll go through everything else uh, that happened before that. Okay, uh, so we're just gonna finish the show on that note. That's yes, great. Yes, we'll have plenty of time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll finish the show on a, on a high note of what happened in the main event. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we go backstage, get Chase U confronting Grayson Waller. <laughs> Out comes Sanga the Giant. Now, this this is another example of them just making baby faces look ridiculous. Uh, so Sanga comes just like the monster chasing Grayson into the building. They go right into the match, uh, kind of that chaotic theme. They have this brawl. Uh, Grayson throws Senga into the post. The giant gets woozy. Grayson beats this giant clean, Issa. Yes, as he should, because I have no investment into... I know you call him Senga. I call him Sanga for Sangano. My Spanish-speaking people would understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I, I cannot... First of all, chase you. Still very high on it. This is a learning opportunity. I think I'm just going to start interrupting every time there's a learning opportunity and just screaming that because I kind of pop for it. Um, yeah, I think Grayson Waller, you were you you gave him the, the Johnny Gargano rub. You gave him the AJ Styles rub. Like, this should not be where Grayson Waller is. So I have no problem with him beating the Giant and moving on to hopefully something bigger. 
Yeah, I, I okay. I don't have a problem with them pushing Grayson Waller. I, I completely agree with just about everything you said. It's just that you really shouldn't care about Senga based on how they booked him. Uh, I, I don't get what this was and that he was with Grayson for a very short amount of time and they just ran through this breakup. Uh, it goes against really everything that they usually do to protect the Giants. They never game. introduced him to us as a character. Yeah. He was just a muscle for Grayson Waller. <clears throat> Excuse me. We weren't supposed to be invested in him and now he's on a match. Like, it felt very weird. You went from bodyguard to to, uh, to a talent, right, to a wrestler, but there was no backstory for us to care about you. Right. And you're hearing all this stuff about WWE making inroads in India finally, and I'm looking at this giant Senga who could be somebody who, if they develop him, give us his story and whatnot, could be somebody who the Indian market can gravitate toward. And for them to just beat him like this, it makes me kind of concerned for Senga's future, actually. I personally sent out a tweet, and he said, Senga versus Omas versus the dude that debuted at AW for Giants. I don't give a flying F about <laughs> that's the match. <laughs> 21-foot triple threat. We'll just do seven-footer versus seven-footer. Uh, I'll try to read this uh, with a straight face. Uh, Stellar Justin Lopez, friend of the show for $4.99. I don't watch NXT, but you can explain why Sanga, a.k.a. Sango, is wearing Braun Strowman's old gear. Oh, and Al, butch. <laughs> butch. <laughs> I woke up Saturday morning dying laughing at that. I might have had a little ice cream in the morning, a little waking ice cream. <laughs> But I was dying laughing at uh, at Butch. It's a uh, very funny. I, I went back because you know how I like to clip something to tweet out to promote the show, and I'm telling you, I like almost watched the whole show even though we were on for two hours. I was also laughing hysterically at the dumb stuff we said Friday night. Very funny. <laughs> I'm surprised they allowed us on here today with no supervision. Yeah, yeah, we're back <laughs> for now. We're still here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they are giving him Braun Strowman's old gear. They're you know, but they're just not booking him like Braun Strowman. It's funny because Braun Strowman is the last example of them actually effectively booking a giant. Like, was he the best wrestler? You no. thought you thought that was effectively how they booked him? Not I mean, they the waited end. until like they waited until they literally had nobody else to give him the world title where they were like, sure. uh Roman is out here, here, have this time. Like, tell me what do you remember about Braun Strowman's Universal Championship reign, Alfred? I'll wait. I thought it was a bad. I remember him getting slimed. Is what I remember. I didn't think it was a good. Actually, I I like the swan match with him and Bray Wyatt. Sure. Like, that's an underrated you like that? match. Yes, I did because he brought out the cold leader Bray Wyatt. We had only seen Mister Rogers and the Fiend, and during that feud, we got like a flashback to the real Bray Wyatt. So, but listen to what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about anything that Braun did. I'm talking about his opponent, who he ended up losing the title to. I thought that they should have pulled the plug on Braun Strowman when he was super hot during that feud with Roman on the beginning. And because they didn't do that and they hadn't lost to Brock Lesnar a total of 150 times, they completely ruined the one giant that he's the he's the one that could have been. Could have been. That's my point in terms of effectively booking it. To your point, he right. got super hot. It was one of the few people, this was in 2016, or if you trace mm -hmm. the numbers, the numbers were going up when he was on television. They developed him into a draw, not only on television, you know, but also on YouTube, where he yeah. had like three of the five biggest videos are like that they've ever done. Like he's got 15, yeah. 50 million here. So they built him into an attractive a attraction, but all they did was they just had him squash bunch of jobbers. Nobody cared at first, but slowly but surely they built him up into something which they haven't been able to do. They usually give up on right. that pretty quickly. It's funny that you bring that up because. We were just talking about that Raw after Mania. I remember when Bro Brock Lesnar won the Universal Championship at WrestleMania 33, and it was Braun who stepped up to him at the Raw after Mania, and the pop in the building was insane. People wanted Braun to be the one.
Yeah. Yeah. That great SummerSlam. We're using that four-way, which I'm from my mind. That four-way match. Oh, my God. Big, meaty men slapping meat. Slapping meat. (laughs) I I go Uh, back and watch that. I do. I love that match. Friend of the show, Heather Abood, saying she's eating ice cream now. Hey, what kind of ice cream are we talking about, Heather? Are we talking about Salamese ice cream? I'm going to save my ice cream eating for midnight because you know it will be for 20 so what a better way to celebrate it than eating ice cream right at midnight <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's what midnight is for so we get back into this nxt show do we have kill to? this giant yeah i know we, we we have to we must get back into this nxt show giant is dead uh pretty deadly hitting on india indian persia okay so this is kind of a, a threat to the show that uh, pretty deadly Okay, they're going through the Seacreed and Roy vibes, but apparently yes. they're aggressively heterosexual men, Issa. Are you surprised? Why Why are you stereotyping? Why can't they, why, why not both? Why can't they like both? Maybe they do. I just thought that they were going for the Seacreed and Roy type <laughs> thing. I thought it, it could right. be an inclusive thing, you know? I'm, I would have been here for it if they did something like that, but <laughs> apparently these are two guys that want Indy and Persia, and uh, hey, more power. Yeah, and them. apparently they've never watched an episode of NXT in their lives, because you should know who those two girls are and who they're dating. At least yeah. Indy, we all know she's married to the ex. Like, like, why are you hitting on her, though? But still, pretty deadly. I love the fact when they were like, oh, we won the match against our men, and they were like, well, we'll, we'll let you know, and they just backed out scared. Like, <laughs> they're just great. They they remind me of, and still Justin Lopez kind of like put that idea in my brain of like a male version of the Iconics. They really do remind me of that. I was going to say, well, when I look at them, they remind me of Lay Cool, their promo style in terms of, yeah. and, and Iconics is, uh, you know, a descendant of Lay Cool, but I get right. Lay Cool vibes, and I love Lay Cool, so I, that's why, you know, I think they do it very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, we got okay, so we get this uh, Roxy, formerly Roxy on ROH. Shout out the reality of wrestling, Booker T. Uh, Roxanne Perez is now in WWE. They do this whole video package where she says, when she was a little girl, she used to play video games, and now she gets to do it in real life. And they cut away, and it's like that's an incredible story. No, it's not. Don't <laughs> <laughs> play video games. What's so great about this? It's essentially what Cora Jade is doing, but with Roxanne Perez, uh, Issa. Oh my god, I said the same thing. I'm like, because the, the backstage interviewer was like, wow. And I'm like, wow, what? I mean, the only thing incredible about this is if she had any patience for like 2K19, because that game was trash. Like, if she had patience to play it, then wow, amazing story for her. But no, it's not a good backstory. Like, okay, maybe they're trying to go after the gaming community because gaming has become such a big thing. But it's been years since, well, I, I hear 2K22 is a good game. I haven't purchased it yet, but it's been years since WWE put out a good game. So don't don't even bring that up. Um, but yeah, and then like, imagine being the person that edited this package, put it together to like hype her up. And then she's backstage and they're like, no, you're debuting tonight. And if I was the editor, I'd be like, what the hell did I put that together for? You yeah. could have just had her come out there and just debut. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. We, we were going to get next week. We got the next week graphic, and then they immediately said, no, 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 you're facing JC Jane tonight. And they tweeted the graphic as they're, like, setting up the match, and I'm like, what are you doing? Why are you guys so messy? Like, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, it was it was very uh, disorganized and very similar. It's funny because they aired a Cora Jade segment about how she's going to kick Natty's ass, and it's not going to be a dream match instead of the other. But this is very up her alley. This is essentially the Cora Jade character and somebody who wanted to be a wrestler ever since she was a little girl, which is such a played-out storyline. I actually thought when no, I was watching this at first that they were going to do a thing on the metaverse where she plays video games so much where she now thinks she's in a video game and she's going to be what <gasps> Oh, my God. Now that, now that I would have popped for. Like, where she thinks, like, it's me. Like, 
I created this character and now this character has transformed into NXT. I would have loved that. Yeah. I actually would have loved that. But speaking of this Cora J video package, <clears throat> I'm going to say what I'm going to say. No apologies. The, the up and coming young star picture with their idol as a child overplayed. Overplayed. Yes. We have just seen it entirely way too many times. People figure out a different way to do this because I mean, I, I think that after NJF and CM Punk, they're just, you're not going to do it better than they did. So don't even try it. Yeah, there just really needs to be a moratorium on presenting a lot of these wrestlers as fans. I get it that a lot of wrestlers were fans once upon a time, and that's great, but it almost seems like that's kind of the assumption. It's kind of the bare minimum. You would expect um, them to be either fans or, or at least, you know, if they're not, that's okay too. But I'm tired of hearing the origin story of, oh, I used to be your biggest fan because they're really, they did this with Kevin Owens and so called Steve Austin, essentially. Yes, which, you know, they had a that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, it's being done and it's been done by such big names recently that we need to give it a break. Like maybe a few months from now when these big storylines are out of our brains, this would have worked out. But just not right now. I am going to pop for somebody to come in and be like a like a Gable Stevenson, right? Like a real athlete and cut a promo if he goes healing when he says, No, I wasn't a fan of this. Yes. I, I am I got brought into this because I'm that damn good. I don't know who these people are. Like I would actually pop for that, for somebody to just not be disrespectful in a way, but just put out there that they were just that freaking good that they didn't need to to play video games for 10 hours a day to make it here, you know? Yes, I want all the disrespect. <laughs> that is literally exactly how I feel about, like, when I saw this and it was one too many times, I was thinking, I would rather see the other way, just like you said, yeah. to where they say, no, I didn't watch this crap when I was a kid. I wasn't some nerd. I got girls. Like, you could really <laughs> tap into these people by, as a heel. Baron Corbin was doing this right before he left NXT. He cut this yeah. great promo about, yeah. I didn't watch wrestling as a kid. I just picked up a phone. And, and you know, he's written that as <laughs> the top heel on the main roster. So that's- I always that's wanted, cool. I've always, like, been waiting for somebody to do that storyline right when i read the brock lesnar's book that he wrote and he spoke about how when he left college his options were the olympic like the olympic u.s team or wwf and he wanted money so he went with wwf because olympic athletes are broke and i'm like why didn't he cut a promo and said that because that would have been just beautiful brock could have been an olympian but he wanted money and he, he had a point. He had a point. It doesn't pay to be an Olympic athlete. <laughs> yes, 100%. So, yeah, less, less stories about it. If they're going to be superstars, and WWE loves saying superstars, you don't come off as a superstar by saying, oh, I was your biggest fan. I was a fan when I was a kid. <laughs> and that's me criticizing that, the girl that took a picture bowing down to Becky Lynch. Yes. <laughs> that's okay. You, you look good doing it. That's a, you know, Becky Lynch should be uh, honored that you bowed down to her. <laughs> Thank you, Alfred. That's what I thought, too. We got uh, Legado del Fantasma versus Grizzly Young Vestas. I like this match. It's, again, another match that just kind of started immediately. They brawled right out yeah. the gun, but I thought it was very quick. Legado won clean with their double-team finisher. A good night for Legado del Fantasma overall, in my opinion. I mean, the other member of Legado del Fantasma looked good in defeat, and we'll talk about that. But, yeah, I am here for Legado del Fantasma getting back their presentation and feeling like a major part of NXT. If they're not going to get called up, then, then make Legado del Fantasma matter again, and they're doing a good job with that. I really thought they looked incredible tonight, all of them, even Electra. Her fit was on point. Oh, yeah, as always. And my new favorite thing in NXT is when the music is playing and the crowd goes, Legado! Yes. And they cut that off, and I got pissed. I got hot when they cut off the entrance to go to commercial. <laughs> but then when they played the song again, they got to do it. So that's... that's what they, They've been love. doing a good job with some of the newer entrance songs being chantable or or sing to, like, you know, like they do set wrong. It's like that entrance song has gone over because of the, oh, and I was listening yes. to this tonight, and I'm like, 
oh man, if they make Legato into something big, it's gonna sound epic to hear big crowds like singing that. Yeah, it's a, it's a really, I love the song too. It hits hard and it's yeah. perfect how the crowd does that. Yep. So speaking of Legato, uh, well, before Legato, we got a, a segment with Wesley and Zion Quinn and we'll get into that. This poor Wesley <laughs> man, oh man. I was so happy to see him back there. Like, and I know we'll get into that later, but I was like, okay. I, like when I saw him there before, even before Zion Quinn showed up, I was like, okay, I'm here for a Wesley solo run. He's got the talent, he's got the charisma, like why not? And, and I thought they were gonna give him the opportunity, but yeah. No, 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 not even, <laughs> not even close. <laughs> but we got uh, Carmelo Hayes beating Santos Escobar. I thought this was a good match. It seemed like they were having issues uh, communicating. I felt like there were a couple of spots that got stalled. Uh, they kind of switched out where he was going to go to one corner and do a super like Hurricane Rada, and then they went to the other corner. But they did yeah, have I a good that. match when they were on the same page. And the, I've seen these two have better matches. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 the guy it's. Carmelo Hayes and his Santos Escobar. I like the match despite some of the communication errors. I thought they gave it a lot of time, like a lot of time for, for a show that felt so action-packed. This kind of seemed to like slow it down for a little bit. Um, but we did see two people get involved in this match and commentary was like, who the hell is that? And I'm like, how do you, how do you not know? Just based on their, just based on what they were wearing. I'm like, bro. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I wrote it all caps the second I saw them. Tony's goons attack yes. Santos Escobar. Because that's exactly what they were just like Hitman. I didn't take notes, but I was too busy freaking laughing at commentary because I'm like, do you really not know who they are? Like, come <laughs> on, bro, you know? But I thought that Santos Escobar looked great in defeat here. And it was funny because in the beginning, he called out Tony and I was like, oh, don't do that. You're going to regret that. So I'm glad that he had a payoff like later on within the match and even later, later on. So. Yeah, and we can get into that because there was some uh, activity. So let's go through what happened with Tony D'Angelo. His goons attack Santos the Escobar. Goat. Santos is the goat. Uh, shows up and he's questioned about it. He denies it. He says he doesn't know anything about it. But of course, later on in the night, we see a club on the tire of Legado del Fantasma's SUV. And then we get the dead fish. I'm marked out for this. The dead fish on Legado del Fantasma's car. Tony's coming for you. I would want to be Santos Escobar right now, Issa. Uh, same. Same, honestly. I love the confidence that Tony D'Angelo always has on his promos, you know, where he was just like, I really believe that Tony is a Don and he's part of some kind of mafia and he's like, and his family runs everything. Like, I believe that from him. He is so involved in this character. And he was like, the fact that he was like, is that their drug? And they're like, yeah, nice wheels. And he just walked up and I was like, uh oh. I was like, it's over. Yeah. This car, this car is going to be in the bottom of the lake by the end of the night. <laughs> but when I saw the freaking dead fish, what a great, what a great way to let people know that you're after them. Like, listen, this, I, I hope that these fish are, something is happening like afterwards. Like maybe they're frying them or barbecuing them or something. But, you know, there's yeah, a lot of dead fish, fish right? going around. That's I don't know, maybe, do you think it's a prop fish and they're just using it every time that, that Tony, like, I want to know now, Tony, yeah. please, if you're watching the show, are these real fish or do you guys have a prop fish that you're using? Yeah, that drives me crazy. And if it is a real <laughs> fish, what are you doing with it? Are you feeding the homeless? Are you, are you feeding the, 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 the needy? I hope you're not just throwing them out. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, what's happening with this fish after if it's a real fish? Regardless, I love I love Tony D'Angelo. I think Tony D'Angelo and Santos Escobar are going to put on a really good match for the ultimate mafia family of NXT, I guess. I don't know. Absolutely, yeah. They've been calling him, what, the Emperor? So it's the Emperor versus the Don? Right, and my money's on the Don. 
Oh yeah, my money's always on the dollar. They'll never be with anybody else. I don't want a dead fish on my car. Say, <laughs> I don't want a dead fish anywhere near yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. There's gonna be a dead fish in the waiting room. <laughs> no. <laughs> when you come out, all your ladies are gonna be gone because of the smell of dead fish in the waiting room. <laughs> well, you can smell some fish in the waiting room, but not because of the dead. Well, let's uh, get oh, into this. Oh, come on. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, don't send me any tweets. All right, I don't want to hear it. I don't read them. We get to. <laughs> By the way, I'm sorry. I have to interrupt you because I texted okay. it and I tweeted it. But I'm watching Survivor, the least related freaking to wrestling show in the world. And when he's announcing that their like their special reward was gonna be Applebee's, I just started laughing so hard. And I was like, nobody's understanding why I'm laughing this hard right now. So I had to text you because I was like, oh, yeah. one person in the world gets this joke. That made me so happy. And I retweeted it when you, when you said to go on my timeline or Issa's timeline. It's, a, it's amazing. That made me so happy. The Applebee's <laughs> shout out at Survivor. I they all got so Survivor. happy. They all got so happy about, right. about Applebee's. I was like, there's only one other person for Applebee's. Like, yeah. People who are starving and, and me. Those are the only people yeah. who like Applebee's. Uh, we got Solo Sokoa afterwards. He was super over when he, he came in there and he attacked he uh, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. And they're really setting him up. I thought he was going to beat Cameron Grimes that first time, but they're setting up for, for, he said he's got next. So looks like Solo Sokoa. When he comes out, I kind of pop for him. And man, he just looks the part. Like, I just want him to come up to the main roster, take that U.S. and Intercontinental title, and go stand with the bloodline as they all have two belts. Like, it's just going to be an amazing sight to see when he happens. Yeah. Uh, we got Natalia's NXT 2.0 debut against Tatum Paxley. Paxley, very rough around the edges. I thought Natalia, you know, kind of carried her. And um, they're kind of doing the Wheeler Yuta thing with her, where she's trying to impress. The diamond mine and trying to get into it but uh, right. <laughs> nothing to write home about uh what did you that think wouldn't, that wouldn't impress me if i'm running the diamond mine that that's not gonna cut it yeah. but i want to give a special shout out to natalia for shutting up that fan that's all dressed up in mets gear we don't want to hear any opinion from a mets fan so thank you natalia for telling him to shut up <laughs> um it went it went the way that i thought it was going to win like to go you know what i mean this person that we still not invested in calls out natalia you know natalia is going to get a couple of wins before we put him apparently the field is going to be cora jade i am more excited for natalia and nikita lyons than oh, yeah. i am about natalia and cora jade so you know we'll see how that goes uh and let's get into that because after <laughs> this is a little later but nikita lyons did confront natalia and uh, there was some excitement on this and i will say there seems to be like a legitimate sexual tension between Nikita Lyons and the fans There's, like they really like her because she's made some line about like I'm flexible and you could hear like the guys like just ovulating in the ring like oh oh flexible and uh so Nikita Lyons she's got something and, and yeah I think it's gonna be good her versus Natalia should be a lot of fun down the road I love <clears throat> I love that you brought that up and it's not just it's not just the guys that Natalia she shows up and I and I ovulate myself Honestly, so let's just like keep it real. Like you have that. I'm happy for people to. I experience that every time Roman Reigns just come like enters the scene, like it's on any show. So I want people to get to experience what I go through when Roman Reigns shows up. So if Nikita Alliance is doing it for you, you're welcome, babes. Now you get it. Now you get my obsession. Regardless, though. Um. So Natalia said, like you know, that she made Cora J scream, and then she looks at that. And Nikita Lyons, and she says, I'm going to put you in the sharpshooter. And when I have you in the sharpshooter, you know what to do. 
what scream tap out like it, it didn't make any sense i'm like what is she supposed to do like i didn't understand like she should have just said and that's when you tap out like it didn't make sense um but i'm telling you like i think that there's more money in this than there is in natalia and corrugate because it's, it's it's just more believable and i actually think that nikita lyons could beat natalia to work with corrugate the way that we saw her mark out like a little fangirl i don't think she has a chance Right, and it is a bigger match. That's why they're saving it, and they're feeding Cora Jade to Natalia, as I think they should. And I'd love to see Nikita Lyons beat Natalia, and I think they're going to build to that spot based on tonight's promos that she is going to get out of the sharpshooter in a very creative and flexible way, and it should be a lot of fun. It's going to be absolutely incredible. There's going to be a lot of ovulation. There's going to yes. be a lot of veers. It's going to be great. <laughs> NXT remains horny as hell. Speaking of incredible, ENG uh, for $5 says WWE slaps wrestlers with the fish when they're thinking about going to AEW. I frozen, too. The fish is freaking frozen as hell, and they go like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you still got a year in your contract. Go back to work. Now, that's what Tony Khan said about FTR. As soon as oh, yeah. the news, news came out that maybe WWE was interested, and Tony Khan was like, they still have a year. Yeah, they got slapped <laughs> with the fish too. Yeah, we were going to cover that, but it looks like FTR is staying put, as they should, even when their contract is up. They're just so much of a better fit in AEW, where tag team wrestling is really promoted as kind of a main event entity, and, and FTR thrives in that setting. You don't think they're giving them consolation prizes instead of just giving them the actual tag teams that really matter? Like the tag team titles that really matter? I think they're building toward that. I think they're going to have triple crown because they've been saying, I think they said double crown the other oh, night. Oh, that would be, okay, I that would be nice. Have, because they're that on a run, they're really hot right now, and I think they're going to have all the titles at once. Okay. They're coming for everything. Um, <laughs> Nathan Frazier coming soon. I couldn't care less. Every independent cool. wrestler ever. I don't know. He's from NXT UK. He does a Phoenix Flash, but who doesn't? Is that his actual name in the UK, or did they change it? No, I think he was Nathan Frazier in the UK. Okay. He'll probably be, you know. <laughs> It'll probably be Fraser Crane when he gets to WWE. Too many, too many people debuting in NXT 2.0 makes it very hard. Like you have to have a very it factor for me to like stay involved in your story. You know, like I feel like there's some people in 2.0 that just come out and they got it. Tony D'Angelo since day one, Nikita Lyons since day one. But there's others that you just go so back and forward with because these debuts are just so all over the place. So we'll yeah. see. We'll see how he does. But like, didn't they do the same hype for a kid and he lost like two matches and now we don't know where he is? He you gone. Know? Yeah. He gone. Yeah. Gone. Gone. <laughs> yeah. We can't get excited for these. I think NXT took a step back in that regard. And that I felt like for the past several weeks they were doing a good job focusing on you know maybe four to five storylines and making that the thread. But now it's right back to all these segments, all these debuts. All these things you have to remember. So, um, you know, good luck to Nathan Frazier because <laughs> Duke and Dexter are backstage trying to build their chemistry. They're not matching yet. But um, I think they're doing the storyline backwards. They really shouldn't be going for these titles this early if they're going to do the strange bedfellows thing. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. There, I feel like there's such a written story already with Pretty Deadly having their first title defense against some of the teams that were in the gauntlet match that, I, like you said, they could have saved Dexter and, and Duke Hudson for like later, later on and just have them go against one of the teams that they already went against just to kind of like solidify them. They didn't need to do this match right now. Uh, we get Zion Quinn versus poor Wesley. So he's just, Bro. they're talking about how it's had it hard and it's been very tough for him. 
And like you were saying earlier, I agree that it looked like they were going to do a story with him where maybe he was going to be a man without a country and people were going to get behind him. And they did. People liked Wesley in this match. This guy just gets destroyed by Zion Quinn. I'm, I mean, I'm going to charge some I'm gonna charge some crystals for Wesley. You know, I'm, I, I believe in all of that stuff. I think he needs some, some kind of positive energy brought into his life right now. It's, like, it's not his fault. Whatever it is that went on, it's not his fault. You had a little bit of something behind MSK when you put the titles back on them and then this whole thing goes down like you didn't need to do this you could have given him a job or let him get a win before you you kind of like do him like this but we'll see where it goes I yeah, still like Wesley yeah I think he's great I think he still has some potential it did feel weird seeing him as a single um but I mean you would have thought that this, this once upon a time not too long ago this was a main event entity in NXT MSK as a tag team and this guy was just kind of thrown aside. He had an unfortunate slip and that just led to him taking that finish from Zion Quinn. So, you know, not the best match and uh, really not looking good for Wesley and NXT 2.0 as a single star. He might need to go into some kind of like faction or I don't know, something. But I I mean, I think he could stand on his own. It's just a very unfortunate booking of his first match as a solo star. Yeah. Make him one of Tony D'Angelo's goons if you have to do something. With him. Let, him, let him lead the goons. But he's very talented. <laughs> He can, uh, he can wrestle. You know what, Wesley, um, maybe he can call upon um, Riddle, and maybe Riddle can give him some advice. There you go. Yeah, the shaman. That's, if yeah. ever he needs advice, it's now in terms of where, where I just hope going. it doesn't take eight weeks again for him to get to Matt Riddle like the last time. Yeah, yeah. Remember how long it took him to finally tell us who the shaman was? Like, come on. Yeah, was, thank God it was a good payoff. I thought that was a good payoff. Allow me, allow me to remind you that I was the one that guessed that it was going to be Riddle, and I was correct. Really? Just throwing that out there in case yeah, people I, forgot. I had a few guesses, and they were all wrong. So more power to you. For just, <laughs> you were just one and done. <laughs> uh, we got Roxanne Perez beating JC Jane. So essentially, Wendy Chu trashed Toxic Attraction's locker room. It distracted JC Jane so much she got rolled up and Roxanne won. I didn't see enough to really grade Roxanne Perez, you said. Right. I'm just excited that they let her get a win. Um, Roxanne Perez, I think, has a little bit of momentum behind her. A lot of people were happy to see her sign with NXT. Um, the gamer thing, I don't need that. I, I don't need that. I know that she has a history in the Indies. She's won titles before. Like, why not just go? based on that and just say, hey, I'm here now in the company that I dreamt I wanted to be. Because in her social media, she has been very open about WWE was the dream for her. So just say, hey, look at look at all the time. I was a Ring of Honor women's champion, but that's not what I wanted. This is what I wanted to be. But in the meantime, maybe they're not ready to put her in a main story. I couldn't tell you because the first interaction she has in NXT is with Mandy Rose. So maybe they're ready to put her in that particular storyline. But we'll see where she goes. It was a weird match in order to judge her. But I do know that Roxisa is Roxana Perez is her new name. Apologies. But I do know that she is well known and I think she has some momentum. So I'm glad to see her win. Yeah, and for somebody with, you know, she's definitely seasoned, but she still has a long way to go in terms of her career. She's very early in her wrestling career, and she's very good for, for how early mm -hmm. she is, and, and I think they see that. So, you know, hopefully they really go all the way. This is somebody I'm actually excited about in terms of Me her, too, and her I think giving her that interaction with Mandy Rose does show that they're excited about her as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, then we get into our main event, Pretty Deadly versus Dexter and Duke. I actually did like this as, as kind of a main event. I like the story of Dexter and Duke kind of building chemistry. Uh, Dexter doing the thumbs up. They were doing some silly stuff backstage that I thought was kind of funny in terms of Dexter yeah. not being able to talk and Duke trying to get him, trying to understand him, essentially. Right. Um, but they had a pretty good match. Uh, the Pretty Deadly won when Elton Prince hit a running kick on Duke. 
And um, before we get into the, the real main event, Issa, what did you think about this match? I thought it was a fun match. I, I am I'm getting behind Dexter and Duke Hudson more than I thought that I would. I didn't think it made sense at first. Um, but it, it's starting to make sense. It's cute to see, um, you know, Duke Hudson trying to understand Dexter. Like, I was into that. And, again, I am. I already said it. I'm high on Pretty Deadly. So I'm excited to see them successfully defend and not be a one-week champs and see where they go from here. Yeah, they're doing a good job with Pretty Deadly in terms of they just got here, but they're really giving them a lot of TV time to cut promos and win those titles and defend them. So hopefully they get a long, a long run. But I think they've knocked it out of the park so far. I really like these guys. Me too. Me too. Favorite tag team right now in NXT. So uh, let's get to your favorite storyline oh in NXT. We don't have to do this. <laughs> So we're uh, all throughout the show, we're getting Braun Breaker as this action hero in a B movie where he's looking for Joe Gacy. We get an action hero in a B movie. He was a villain in a freaking two thousand dollar budget horror movie. Straight to DVD. Yeah, like not even, not even. It's for free on YouTube. (laughs) It's on Pluto. It's on the Pluto. (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> so we're getting like pre-recorded messages. So you hear Rick Steiner's voice, but it's actually a tablet in a cage. So he's just getting all these little trails looking for for Joe Gacy. Uh, Joe Gacy's in a control room. We get the uh, Hulk Hogan Ultimate Warrior. Because, you know, if, if you want to rip yep. something off, you do one of the worst storylines in the history of WCW. And so they called back to when Hulk Hogan saw the Ultimate Warrior in the mirror, but he wasn't really there. So they did that whole deal. And then finally... Braun Breaker confronted Joe Gacy, who was on the stage. Now, this man kidnapped your father, has made you look like a fool on national television. And when Braun Breaker finally comes face to face with him, it should be on site. I mean, listen, I'm not a fighter. Okay, but I if am. somebody messes him up, he should have climbed up that thing and clocked him right in the face. Braun Breaker is smirking in his face. Like, Joe Gacy's saying, I'll give you your ring back, this, that, and the other. And Braun Breaker's like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. And he says, I'll give you your ring back. If you give me a title shot in two weeks at spring break in and Braun Breaker with a smile accepts it, you know, again, not doing anything physical to this man who's kidnapped your father and threatened his life. And after he accepts the ring, Joe Gacy shoves Braun Breaker off the stage. Braun Breaker is submerged with druids. And that is how we go off the air with one of the worst storylines I think we've seen in NXT since he became 2.0 Easton. Yes, first of all, it was already established last week that, that his father is home. Remember, we were talking about how we wanted a segment in which they show how he escaped mm-hmm. Joe Gacy, but it was explained that his father is now home. So why is he following the boys? Like, why are you falling for that? If you, like, pick up your cell phone, call your dad, you good? Then I don't have to go find this tablet in a cage. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just trying to be realistic here. That's what I'm saying. The mirror thing. It was so, it was it just made Braun Breaker look so stupid, and maybe it's just because the the kind of character that he is being presented as just this badass dude that's big and strong and, and likes to kick ass. Like I just don't see him being the guy that can get into a like a spooky style like storyline. Like I think this will work with anybody but Braun Breaker. And coming off of a feud with somebody from the main roster again, we were just talking about that with the rub with um. Grayson Waller and AJ Styles, you would think that there would be something bigger for him to do. And I, I just don't think this is it. I, I don't like this. Like, you could have gone with 
Tony D'Angelo because he beat Tommaso Ciampa. So what's the next big thing for him after staying and deliver the the world the NXT World Championship? Like there's so many other stories that you could be telling, but this is just not it for him. I think Joe Gacy is doing the best that he can, but I tweeted it and I stand by it. This may Brown Breaker look stupid the entire time, the entire Very. show. At no point he got anyone up on Joe Gacy at all. He looked like a fool. He he looked absolutely right up until this main event. They did no favors for Braun Breaker. And I hate to keep banging this drum, but this Joe Gacy character has completely gone off the rails. And is this better than when they were trying to book him as this Gen Z super woke? And where's Harlan? Where's Harlan? Yeah, Yeah, where is Harlan? I have no idea. Was he one of the druids? Oh, okay, okay. Possibly, possibly. I mean, see, now we're giving WWE too too much credit. I I just think that they did nothing with him. But this, now he's a complete cartoon. He's something that does not relate to anybody. Whereas before he was doing something that was getting national attention. I know a lot of people were upset about it, but you can't tell me that whatever they had planned for Joe Gacy as a real life, like three-dimensional character who represents how a lot of people do act in the real world. It was something that I think people could have actually connected to for better or worse. And now he's this cartoon villain. I don't know where he's going with this and I don't like it. He wanted an all-exclusive title because he didn't like that you had to be a certain way to win the Cruiserweight title. And from that to this, and it just seemed weird. Like, it all started when they were talking that kid backstage, remember, where it was kind of like mad creepy. The kid is at the gym, and they're just standing behind him, staring at him. Like, the whole thing just got super weird. I don't know that they have a clear direction for Joe, Joe Gacy right now, and it shows. And even if you want to keep him in the spooky, then book him on a program where it's not your main program. Because right now, uh, spring breaking, I think is what we're calling it. it. This is the least that I expected for Brown Breaker for it to be his first title defense. Yes. So, um, it's done. Think it's done. There's no direction. No direction for this. Yeah. And the worst part is I don't think anybody expects Joe Gacy to win this match. I think there's going to be no heat for this match. And no. I think people are going to just be waiting for Brown Breaker to get this win. Joe Gacy, imagine Joe Gacy as the NXT world guy. Like, no, 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 not now. No. Well, if he does an inclusive open challenge at the NXT World Championship, well, we might be out of something, but I think we're we're way past that now. Yeah, I just I just wish that we'll just let like Brown Breaker has not grown on me. It's like not even the first time he had the title, not the second time. He started to a little bit, but it's not someone that I can like say, okay, this is it. This is the guy that should be holding this title right now. Not yet. And putting him in this program, to me, is not doing any favor to people that are just coming around to Groundbreaker or NXT 2.0. Yes. So that was NXT 2.0 for this week. Not my favorite episode. Not by a long shot. So hopefully they're able to rebound by next week into NXT Spring Breaking. Issa, where can the good people find you? NYC Demon Diva on Twitter, Instagram, but most importantly on YouTube. Subscribe to my channel. I'm live streaming over there almost 24 hours. So come on. Hell yeah. It's great. <laughs> Probably the best uh, channel out there in terms of reaction and wrestling. Always love her perspective. And follow me on Twitter at This Is Nasty and the second best YouTube channel out there, Pro Wrestling Bits. I will have a new bit this week on Scorpio Scott. Very fired up. I get very spicy on I this. I can't wait. I can't channel. wait. And I have a feeling you're going to have another one on this big announcement. Oh yeah, sure, if, this yeah. An, if this announcement is too big, I might I might crash your show tomorrow with Justin just to like let my assignment be known. Oh, we would love that. Please, please, you're, <laughs> you're always welcome to do the hot tag. He said, uh, "This has been the NXT podcast. Thank you, everybody. We will see you tomorrow for Tony Khan's big announcement, and then again, the three best friends are reunited Friday for Glenn's experience as a druid, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much." <laughs> <laughs>